Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, this is Stephanie Powers. You're listening to TV Confidential. At Robertson Law Author guest Jim Colucci. Jim Colucci, deputy editor for CBS Watch Magazine and the author of such books as Will and Grace, Fabulously Uncensored, and Golden Girls Forever, an unauthorized look behind the Lemay Jim's latest book, All in the Family, the show that changed television, is a collaboration with legendary producer Norman Lear. Norman Lear turns 100 on Wednesday, July 27th. All in the Family, the show that changed television, available Universe Publishing, a division of Rizzoli Books, as well as Amazon.com. We talked about the innate goodness of, of Edith, the character. And um, there are many examples in the book where you talk about how that was part of Norman's design, but it also came from the innate goodness and generosity of spirit of Gene Stapleton. It's a great example of how what, hap- what often happens in television is that the character and the actor gel and become one one plays off of the other. I mean, Carol, you know, Carol as Archie is, is another example of that as well. One of my favorite stories in the book, um, this is near the end when you talk about the Jimmy Kimmel produced live in front of a studio audience uh, shows, and Marissa Tomei has a great story about the aha moment she had when it came to approaching how to play Edith. She had a problem approaching the character until she took a deep dive and learned about Gene, and then she said, I can do this now. Yes, well, it- can you imagine how daunting it is for those actors who went into live in front of a studio audience because you're doing, first of all, a live show, which would scare anybody to do a live sitcom in front of America that, you, that honestly, they didn't have a lot of time to rehearse because there are so many big names in those live in front of a studio audience productions that they have such busy schedules that they kind of do those shows without enough rehearsal. Let's say that. They, they, they really are winging it, and they're just, everybody's talented enough that they get away with it. But, I, you know, I, I think that, uh, that's one of the things. You, you think, okay, I'm going to be doing a live sitcom after only meeting these people a couple of days. and uh, Okay. Then you add the fact that you're stepping into some of the most famous, beloved shoes in sitcom history. And, you know, what do you do? Do you do an impression? Do you try to sound like them? Do you try to move like them? Do you just try to say the lines in an authentic way but without capturing the original actor? It's a lot of choices, and no choice is right or wrong, but I think everybody has to be on the same page. And so it's, a, it's, it's really daunting. I know that Marissa Tomei, when she was first approached, thought, oh, my God, are you crazy? And then thought, thought about it. And, and same thing with Woody Harrelson and all the other people who did all of these Norman recreations. What's so interesting about Edith and about how she was so much like Jean is that it could have gone uh, such a different way. And, in fact, in the British series that All in the Family was adapted from, Till Death Us Do Part, the wife was more, it was more the Vickersons. Mm-hmm. Wife kind of more gave it back to Archie as good as she got and sniped at him. And if you actually watch the All in the Family pilot, Jean was struggling with that right there in that moment. When she first got this role, do I come back at him, but it doesn't feel right to me, or do I try something else? And do I try to, at least when I do say things that sass Archie, make it almost a 
dimensional, mm -hmm. just coming from a pure place of naivete. And so you see her struggling with it in the pilot. There's a couple of moments, you know, Archie goes on this whole rant about how uh, the government shouldn't give you things and you should work hard like I did and get your first job. And then Edith says perfectly, yeah, his uncle got it for him. <laughs> but Edith trying to, you see Jean trying to find a way to deliver that line that doesn't look like she's trying to cut Archie, that says it more matter-of-factly. Mm -hmm. She's trying to take even the more cutting lines and make them more innocent. And the writers certainly saw that about Jean herself. She was a religious woman. She Everyone describes her as just like the heart and soul of goodness, the heart and soul of the show, beloved. She herself, I think, had said that she was not very worldly in terms of her political knowledge, but she just had, it's much like Edith, had just this basic goodness and didn't know politics. Now, Jean, as a person, grew over the course of All in the Family because by nature of being on the show, she was exposed to so much of politics, and she became very active in the ERA and women's rights movement, where she had not known much about it before. So she had this personal evolution. But, yeah, Edith really became tailored to the, the goodness that Jean brought to the role. I think it's so interesting that Edith was so, even in, in her day, known for the unusualness of her pure of heart. There, there's a minister named Spencer Marsh who wrote several books about All in the Family, using them as a way to talk about Christian theology. One is called Edith the Good, and one is called God, Man, and Archie Bunker. Mm -hmm. And so, as much as I think that conservative people like to think that All in the Family was a vehicle for espousing the tinkle crazy liberal views. <laughs> Here's a minister who uses that very same show to talk about goodness in a religious context. So look at how both left and right found something in this show. I'm not saying that this minister was right-wing or anything, uh, or that all religion has to be, but I think that you can look at different segments of the audience and see how they take away their own message from it. It's pretty amazing. The, the, the trick of all in the family that would be so hard to accomplish now is that we are so polarized now and we have so many niches to go to to find programming that there isn't any show that by definition is trying to speak to us all, particularly if it tackles topics. And here was all in the family talking about the hottest issues of the day and playing to both the left and the right at the same time. It was such a balance to walk. But the, the right-wing people had Archie as their hero thinking that he was saying things that dare not be said in, in polite society, but they were actually their truth. And we had the left knowing that the show was really showing Archie as its buffoon. And not making Mark, Mike right all the time either. either. Norman took pains to say that Mike was just as often wrong and, yep. and was a knee-jerk liberal. And you, know, he, you don't want a saint in a sitcom because you need them to have foibles. So, but, but both sides of the spectrum were able to watch that show and love it. And And as I said, take different messages from it that helps them. We talked a little bit, um, or I should say, you gave us a little bit of a window into how Carol O'Connor approached playing Archie week after week, year after year. Um, you call him a clutch actor in the sense that he had his process and uh, he would go through, okay, can I do this? Can I really do this? And then as it came close to tape day, okay, I got this, I know exactly what I'm going to do, and then we saw the results, which were often very brilliant. So you gave us approach into um, how Carol approached 
his performance from week after week. But what I also love about All in the Family, the show that changed television, Jim, is you give many examples about how Carol, Gene, Rob, Sally, all the core cast members were welcome members of the read-around every week and that Norman created an environment where um, the actors had input on their characters and in some cases, you know, would 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 create bits of dialogue that actually that that served the story and enhanced what the writer wanted to do in the first place. And one of the uh, w- w- one example that comes to mind, it it doesn't it it's, it's more like it, it serves the story in the sense that it provides a little bit of comic relief. It's this it's the sock and the shoe routine. Uh, which which is in the episode where Gloria thinks that she no longer loves Mike. And it serves the story because it provides comic relief. And as you talk about in the book, that was one of many examples where Carol and Mike and Carol and Rob Reiner came up with that themselves. Exactly. All in the Family was one of the most collaborative sitcoms I've ever heard of. Sitcoms are really, it's like trying to catch a fast-moving train. Mm-hmm. If you have to crank out, 20-something, you know, back in the day it was close to 30 episodes a year, and each episode tapes over the course of a week. Things change so much. You can't be writing and rewriting and having every every cook and bottle washer offer their opinion of the script. It's, I understand why some shows are... And also, every script is such a puzzle. As runtimes get shorter and shorter on network television, there's so much story you have to accomplish in, in ever fewer pages. And, you know, now it's like 20 minutes. You have to tell us an A story and a B story and a joke. So it's like a really tight puzzle. You don't have room for people to throw in extra stuff. So there are so many disincentives for television sitcoms to be collaborative. Yet, All in the Family completely did that. And they had an unusual way of producing it in various ways. Back in the day, it wasn't unusual to have two tapings. Uh, one that's a dress rehearsal and one that's for air, but they're both taped and bits of each could be used if necessary with two different audiences. That used to be the norm, it no longer is. But they also just, they want, part of it was by, by need, by practicality. I couldn't believe when I learned that all in the family, for years, all in the family and the Jeffersons shared a sound stage. And today, if you have a sitcom from, say, August when you start taping the show through February or March when you finish, that set stands. All your sets stand on the stage that whole time. And so you may not be taping on weekends, but your sets are still up, and you come in the next week, and it's all the same. All in the family and the Jeffersons had to share a stage. So all in the family sets would go up whatever day. They'd rehearse for a couple of days, tape. They'd get torn down. The Jefferson sets would go up for the rest of the week. They'd get torn down. All in the family would get back up. That's a crazy way of doing things. First yeah. of all, the sets get all beat up because mm-hmm. every time you nail them together and tear them apart, you're you're losing a good chunk of the wall. You're losing a good chunk of your set, and so it beats up on your set, and it costs all this extra money to have people tearing up and putting it, putting up and down sets. Um, but it also just it saves downstage space in the very beginning with Norman's fledgling company. So it was incredible how it was done. But one of the benefits of that was that while the Jeffersons had the soundstage, all in the family would be in a rehearsal room. And so it was just kind of like sitting around a big room, and it made it, I think it just made it feel so much more egalitarian 
because they weren't in their milieu, they weren't on their set. You know, you know, Carol wasn't sitting in Artie's chair. There didn't seem to be as much of a hierarchy. Everybody was just it was like being thrown into a classroom and told, "Okay, play." You know, yes, do the script the way it is, but feel free to you know add this, change that, um, suggest a bit of business, and that's what happens so often. And that that is the most famous example. And I don't know if that actually happened in the rehearsal room or whether it happened once they did get on stage to rehearse. But Carol and Rob, who had such a great rapport, because the irony being that for the antagonist, for all the antagonism between their characters, Carol, everybody says, was probably more liberal than anybody on set, mm -hmm. and certainly agreed with Rob and was a good friend to Rob. And the two of them just would have fun, and they came up with this routine of Carol, of Archie and Mike arguing over. How do you put on your shoes and socks? Is it a sock and a sock and a shoe and a shoe? <laughs> or is it a, a sock and a shoe and a sock and a shoe? And each of them had their argument. My way, if you have to leave in a fire, you have you don't have to hop on one foot. That's right. My way. And it just it was a great moment of comic relief in that episode. And that is why we chose that episode for the book, because otherwise that episode was good, but it might not make the top fifty. But that bit is so beloved that it's actually one of the first things that fans ask me is that in the book and i'm so glad it is i don't i don't i don't think i don't know whether this uh, episode is in the book but another example and i'm pretty sure this is something that carol and mike came up with in the moment there's there's a routine over uh, there's the episode where archie inadvertently gives george jefferson a, a counterfeit 20 dollar bill right and, and, there, and there's a scene near the end of the episode where um uh, it, it has to do with you know okay you're uh, Archie you're thirty five bucks ahead you have to you have to balance that out and there's this whole routine that that Art that uh, Mike and Archie do over okay who owes what and and, and everything square and so forth and so on and Archie ends up he go, he goes from being thirty five dollars ahead to owing George five bucks and it's like how did how did this happen and and I I know it, it it just seems to me that is something that, that they may have come up with in the moment. Well, the best shows, you can't tell, yeah. right? You can't tell if it was <laughs> yeah. scripted or, yeah. or whether it was improv because the actors are so good at making it look like they're coming up with those words in the moment. So that, that's a case where it was probably a little of both. But as, as I said, with the best shows, you can't tell. All in the Family, the show that changed television, available University Publishing, the division of Rizzoli Books, as well as Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped, the best there is when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code CONFIDENTIAL, and you'll receive 20% off your order, plus free shipping worldwide. Guys, unlock your confidence with Manscaped, and always use the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code CONFIDENTIAL for a 20% discount, plus free shipping. Manscaped. Jim, at the start of our conversation, you mentioned that you were working on your Love Boat book when the opportunity to work with Norman on All in the Family, the show that changed television, came about, and you very smartly put that book aside. 
Is the Love Boat book still in the works? Uh, what can you tell us about that without fear and death? It is. The Love Boat is still full steam ahead, and it comes out in spring 2024 from HarperCollins. Uh, and so it's just it's so much fun because everybody who was anybody in the 70s and 80s went on the Love Boat, including Gene Stapleton. And so and all these people, many are no longer with us, but so many who are, it's such a great excuse for me as a fan to get to call and talk to these people. And I have to say, the timing is pretty good of getting a book about the Love Boat out there because not only does more and more Love Boat stuff seem to be bubbling up in pop culture every day, I see more and more references on Instagram and people circulating memes, and CBS has now announced a new Love Boat reality dating series for this fall schedule. So it, it seems to be having a resurgence. But I think one of the reasons it's having the resurgence is what we've just been through. Mm-hmm. You know, having just been through two years of disconnect, what better fantasy than to watch a show, especially when you have a lot of time on when we have a lot of time on our hands in the beginning of the pandemic, when we were really homebound, to watch a show that's pure fantasy about it, where there's always a happy ending, where love always prevails, it's always sunny. We have all of these great friends like Julie and Gopher to take us for a ride. And it just it was such a, a great binge viewing thing that I think people have come out of the pandemic loving the love boat even more or having discovered it during the pandemic and and as a writer it's really helped because when i approach interviewees some of whom are now very busy and famous mm-hmm. they have been receptive to spending some time to talk about the love boat i think for those same reasons first of all when i approached them in 2020 and 2021 they were homebound with the rest of us so they <laughs> had no excuse why they couldn't talk for them on the phone for an hour but i had so many people Kathy Bates and all these amazing actors who, again, are so busy, who I got to talk to. And so many people say to me at the end of talking for, say, an hour about the love boat, thank you for taking me out of 2020 or 2021 <laughs> or 2022 for an hour yeah. and bringing me back to 1977 and putting all these great memories back in my head. You know, that was, I, I needed that. And I think that when the book comes out, it's such a celebration and so visual. There's so many great photos of all these exotic places they went and silly things they did. Uh, I think it's going to bring that feeling to everybody, and we're going to really, I mean, uh, let's hope we're even better with the pandemic by spring 2024, and it's uh, really in the rearview mirror, but we're all going to be a little battle-scarred and looking for that escape. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to everybody enjoying this Love Boat book as much as I'm enjoying putting it together. Jim Colucci's Love Boat book will be due out in spring 2024 if all goes well. Jim's new latest book, All in the Family, the show of the Change Television, a collaboration with the great Norman Lear, is available right now. University Publishing, a division of Rizzoli Books, as well as Amazon.com. Jim Colucci, always a pleasure to chat with you. I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Ed. Me too. The next edition of TV Confidential will air next week on this station at the usual time. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, a reminder that Honky in the House, writing and producing The Jeffersons by Jay Moriarty, available Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. Ed Robertson, back for Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grice, and Greg Airbar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash 
TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.